Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Happy 4th of July, everybody, from the sandy beaches of South Carolina. I hope you are enjoying the holiday. And everybody's out of office, and we are too. So we have something pre-taped for you, a great interview with my friend, Matt Kenseth. That's going to come out today. So tomorrow, we'll have a live call-in with me and TJ Majors. We'll be doing Dirty Air and S Jr., as we usually do on Tuesdays. But that's tomorrow. Today... A great interview with my buddy, Matt Kenseth. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. There he is. Come on in here, buddy. Have a seat. Hey, everybody. Glad you tuned in. It's time for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. Mike Davis, Dale and Hart Jr. In the Bojangle Studio. Got a great guest today. Well, how, how you doing, Red? I'm doing fine right now. This They're is every like, week, okay, bro? <laughs> Buckle in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you died on that hill. You, yeah. Your career died on that hill, and you were hard-headed. You're a bigger idiot. I didn't even think about it. You thought about it and didn't ask. It. That makes me the bigger idiot. I think so. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download with my co-host Mike Davis here in the Bojangles studio. we got a great guest coming in here today, Mike. Uh, it's an old friend we haven't really talked to at the table. Um, Matt Kenseth. He's, he's uh, recently inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. We got to go celebrate that with him. And... Uh, I'm always curious what Matt is up to today, and uh, we're going to get the chance to talk to him about that. Yeah, listen, I'm looking forward to it. Listen, Ally, you know, again, we we say it every week. Ally, uh, you know, presents this guest segment, and these are allies that we have in your life. Matt Kenseth <laughs> fits that bill, right? You and him started together. You came in, and um, you know, y'all been friends ever since. Me and Matt did uh, become really good friends early on for whatever reason. I want him to share that in his own words, but. It was unlikely, I think, that we would become friends, but we did, and w- our careers paralleled in a sense, and one of the things that we always did was bounce information off of each other. The perfect description of an ally is someone that you can lean on, hey, I, I got a question. I'm facing this. What did you do in the same situation? He would come to me. I couldn't believe it. He was asking me all these questions about finances or buses and things like that, things that drivers are considering or contemplating early in their career. And I would do the same with him. Um, And even on racetrack stuff, you know, things you were dealing with with your race cars and so forth. So, yes, Matt was an ally for me. Thank you, Ally, for everything you do for this sport. Ally supports the Dirty Mo Media brand and everything we do in this studio. And uh, But they do so much more for NASCAR as a great partner across the board. So thank you, Ally, for bringing our guest segments to us every week. Let's get Matt in the studio and get started. 
10:15. Wait, are you? Are, are we suggesting that Matt Kenseth just showed up and is prepared to give a for something? What, what do you think? Is that? It's is that not like, like him? him? It's not like him. No. Why do you got to swear right away? <laughs> Look at these. You don't have to, but you should. Did you clean them since the last guy warm? Yes. Mm, who was the last person we had in here? Are you OCD? No. You are. No. You're a little OCD. I don't even know what that means. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at him. I, this is, I know for the next hour, Matt Kenteth is just going to play uh, sarcastic and just try to give <laughs> He's not going to give a serious answer on anything. I'm, Why I'm do you guys start the show with all the custom? This is the last time I show, seen you was at church. This is you're like, <laughs> hey, man, good to see you. I see him at church, and I show up, and he's just cussing up a storm yeah, and start the show. He's a... He's a we, Deacon. We, yeah, on Sundays. Yeah. On Just Mondays, so. we're back to our, our old self. <laughs> the NASCAR comes out at me. I do. I see Matt. We're, we're picking up our kids in line uh, for the for the, the child care class. And, uh, yeah, you know, Matt has about 47 kids. Yeah. He's, got, he's got the whole church is populated with Matt Kenseth kids. Is that right? That's <laughs> five. <Yeah>. Five? <laughs> five girls. Four girls and Ross. Oh, yeah, Don't that's Don't call Ross right. a girl. Sorry. He's going to be mad about that. <laughs> mad about that. <laughs> be real mad about that. Yeah. Yeah. So when you see Mike at church, do you try to go the other way? <laughs> uh, no, because he usually either ignores you or he really doesn't see you. He's usually in his own like land, so I usually have to say hi to him. So <laughs> you, should, you should try texting him. Well, that's, he'll really yeah, piss so, you off. So no, I don't. Yeah, that's not true. You know, I say sometimes McMurray's over there when they have the old Wait. Roush group over there. When they're like, Is they ain't Roush? paying attention to nothing in that service. I can sit, I look over there and they're just sitting there talking about setups or something. There's a Roush yeah. group at church. Okay, yeah. he's been there twice since yeah. I've been there. <laughs> That's right. Is this gonna get better? No, no. This is it. This is this is it. This is it. I just wonder, like, this, yeah. this give me. No, I've been waiting it. like half hour in the lobby. Have for you this. really been sitting out there? Yeah, I was no, told to get here at ten fifteen. It's ten fifty five right now. Wow, man. At least you're in here working. If you just yeah. would have came walking in because you just got up, I would have had to give you. You'd the really old, been pissed. Give yeah. you the old speech. Yeah. yeah, I had to give Carl one time. Did you have to give that to Carl? I didn't have to, but I did. What did he do? Well, he's just always late. Carl. Yeah, he was always he late. Like kind of got the last guy in the room all the time. Really? No, I was, I was just fashionably late. And you told him, "Hey, because well, I, wait, I was waiting for him." Yeah. What was the situation? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. You're portraying that your time is more important than the person waiting for you. Yeah. Yep. So, like for the last forty minutes, that's what I've been well, thinking sorry. about. We've been in here. I'm just kidding. You've been working. All right. Listen, how hard working. were you to get? This the terrible book on this so show. far. Are you, gonna edit, are you gonna edit all this? We will. No, we'll edit this is it. really no, bad. We're so taking far. out all the bad parts. I was gonna say yeah. it's gonna be the whole thing. Yeah. You're like, hey Matt, see you, and that'll be the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> when did you even do good interviews? I mean, come on, be honest. What, what, like, what do you got? Nothing but time on your hands. Yeah, th- th- could you send honestly, him on an errand or something? No, no, he no. Could just be in, you and I. He came in. Ready, <laughs> he came in ready to go. So, Matt, what you been up to? You know, uh, not a lot. Just since uh, I saw you, I guess in Darlington. Oh, since yeah. Darlington. Yeah. Uh, like, what's your what's your day like? Just really busy with the kids. Honestly, you know, they're all really busy with um, with sports and just doing stuff around the house, hang out with what's Katie. The, is it different sports? Is there a predominant sport? Kaylin's really into basketball, mm-hmm. and uh, she's into travel ball, and she uh, plays at school as well. And then this year, uh, she's going to be going into eighth grade next year. And our uh, high school team asked her to, to train with them, so she's been training with them all summer and doing camp and going to all their games and stuff like this month. So that's been pretty fun. Uh, so she really likes that. Uh, the other girls are all into soccer. They're soccer. into travel soccer. Yeah. So are you, when you're going to these games with them, what is your what is your emotion about it? Do you really get into the – you know, successes, the wins, the losses, the their ability. 
are you just kind of hanging till it's over or what's up? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I get into it. I try to limit my cheering and screaming and yelling as the years go by. I'm getting a little bit better at that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really fun. It's really, really, I mean, I'm very competitive. Katie's more competitive than I am, as you probably know. <laughs> and uh, Katie really yeah. knows basketball, so she really gets into that. And we're learning soccer a little bit. I don't really know much about it when we started. But, but yeah, I mean, you love to celebrate your kids' successes and kind of go through the defeats with them and uh there's a lot of good life lessons i think in in team sports so um there's for a lot them of, a lot of good things and the parent yeah. both yeah, yeah mostly sure. the kids yeah so travel ball i mean how far are you guys going well kaylin uh how far do we go this year so she her last tournament's in a couple weeks in orlando so it's down Dang. for a while so yeah so you so matt kansas goes to orlando for how long well, that's a tough question. So Ross is coming down with his kids. We're bringing all the kids. Everybody's going to Disney for a few days after the tournament. So the tournament's a four- or five-day tournament, and then we're going to be down there three or four days at Disney. So I'm really hoping to survive all this. So, yeah, that'll <laughs> yeah. be kind of tough. Surviving so, Disney's tough. Yes. Yeah. We'll talk about it. So um, so when you go in for this tournament, you're just – you're y'all y'all get a place to stay, a hotel or whatever nearby, and you're – you're going to the games every day. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much just stay at the team hotel where all the teams show, staying at. You're just a, you're a drive. You're the limo driver. You're Pretty just, much a dad. Yeah, I spend a lot of time driving, so driving back and forth to school every day and all yeah. their practices. And um, honestly, that's probably where I spend a good portion of my day is is driving my kids around, around to some event. What's I'm that? asking all these questions because I really feel like this is my future. Well, you'll just hire somebody to do it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you'll just have Mike do it for you. Um, no, <laughs> that was a joke. Was it? You didn't <laughs> laugh. Is Mike really going to do it for you? <laughs> no. no. Well, I'm that's doing not going to happen. Um, right now, I'm the driver. Yeah, I spent yeah. a lot of time so driving around, driving to school. I really enjoy it. So I got to the point kind of when I stopped driving, and kids were on a bus, and my youngest kid was ready to get to go to school, and you know, older kids mixed with younger kids in the bus, a lot of different things happen there. They learn a lot of things. Maybe they shouldn't. And I was like, you know, what do I have to do that's really more important than, yeah. you know, raising my kids and spending time with them? So a lot of people would be like, oh, man, you got driving to school. But I, honestly, it's some of the best, not really the best times I get to spend with them, but I learn a lot driving with them. I get to read their emotions before school, after school. I get to learn a lot about what's going on. Um, I don't always enjoy driving back and forth all the time, but I really enjoy the time I get to spend with them and the things I get to learn about them and their days and everything that's going on. So yeah. I wouldn't be able to do that if I was still racing. So that was the, I guess, the good thing about the way that Katie and I did that is we were married for, uh, I guess, nine years before we had Kaylin, and I was getting toward the end of my career, and we started having a kid. So uh, once they got old enough where they're so busy in their sports and school and all the stuff was the same time where I was getting ready to not race anymore. So. Yeah. Um, so that's basically most of my day is just really honestly spending time with kids. Katie, uh, training. I ran some marathons the last couple of years, so I spend a lot of time, uh, you know, training for that, um, and just kind of hanging out around the house, doing things around the house and land. Do you um, still go up to? home back wisconsin i don't get up there very much yeah. so we had a house up there until a couple of years ago and we sold it yeah and um, mountain house or was it in the woods no somewhere? there was what one was there was one out by the, the river yeah it's kind of out by mississippi river and we sold that a while back and bought a house kind of closer to where we were from because katie's uh, brothers all had young kids and uh her mom and dad were close just to kind of be closer to everybody that we still knew around there and then Kind of when the whole COVID thing happened, we weren't really traveling as much, and plus the kids are, are busier and just harder to get up there. So ended up selling that. So most of the stuff's around home, and then we try to pick somewhere different to vacation every year. So the last two years, we did a month-long road trip out west um, in our van. We got this van, and I got this uh, trailer kind of all fitted up so I can get our bikes and all our stuff in there. And, uh, van? Just kind of went out west, like a sprinter van. Yeah? Yeah. So we, Is just, it like the we kind... don't stay in it, though. No, no it's not a it. it's not with the bed in it. 
The, the no, not yeah. really. No, you could fold I, back seats out to a bed, but no, we don't stay in it. So y'all drove a month. Yeah, last two years in a row we did. So two years ago we go? did uh, we did um, Grand Canyon, Mighty Five in Utah. I like did all that kind of stuff. Worked her way back home. She had a family uh, vacation in Branson for her side of the family on the way home. Did that, and then last year we did more uh, Yellowstone and uh, Dakotas. And you get uh, a little. Um, where do you stay? Uh, Katie takes her out. She picks yeah. out some pretty good places usually. Yeah. yeah, cool. Somewhere different all the time. She handles it. Yeah. Um, man, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's so, pretty fun. Yeah, I've thought about maybe I'm looking forward to uh, doing stuff like that where you can get the kids and dr- get on the road. Right. Yeah. Flying everywhere to vacation is fun, but what when you when you ended up quitting driving, right? So you still race a race or two. The way I understand it, it's not really like this sort of planned thing. You just kind of do whatever you want to do. Um, how much do you – people ask me this question all the time, and it, it's a good question. Do you miss driving full-time in any at any level? I don't. You don't? I mean, not anymore. So I have to back up a little bit if we're going to talk about racing now. Uh, and um, <laughs> so when you say when I quit driving. So if I go back to when – when Gibbs replaced me in a 20 car and then I didn't drive for a little bit, I really couldn't find exactly what I was looking for for the next year, but I really wasn't ready to quit driving. I mean, mm-hmm. we won the second last race of the year. I felt like I could still be competitive. I felt like I could contribute to a team and be an asset. And, uh, probably the first couple choices I had to go well, and Gibbs, they, they didn't feel like that anymore. Right. Like they, they, they didn't feel like I could. So, with that being said, I wasn't totally done, and then you know Jack had that thing where he wanted a little part time help. And what and were? Can I ask you what were yeah. the opportunities that were presented to you after the Gibbs thing? There wasn't any. That's you what said I'm saying. You had a couple. I thought. Well, there was a few. I mean, I you know the Gibbs thing didn't happen, and then um, honestly, like you know, Rick fired Casey. You know, so I went and uh, talked to Rick and uh, almost groveled and be like, "Hey, I don't care what you pay me. I don't care how long the thing is. You know, and obviously." He made the right decision. Williams doing awesome, but it's first year in Bush. I'll help him. I'll drive for one year. I'll do whatever you want. You know, I just want a chance to um, go and prove I could still do it. I was obviously extremely motivated at the yeah. time. There's nothing I'd rather do than go, you know, kick their butt every week. And felt like honestly, I still could. Um, you know, and that didn't happen. And then that was really about it. There was maybe one other one that didn't quite kind of work out. And then the rest of them, I had several like offers to go do stuff, but none of them were really. I knew none of them were going to be near as good as what I was doing, and I didn't really want to take a big step backwards. Sure. So you ran, uh, you didn't do anything for a while. Yeah. And did you, you know, maybe you're, you know, you don't know that you're going to get a chance to drive the six car. You don't know you're going to get a chance to fill in at Ganassi. So in your mind, are you, are you coming, are you trying to like come terms with being done? Are you thinking, man, maybe I want to do, you know, I'm going to drive something. I just got to figure out what, what I want to, what that might be. Yeah. So I'd say, so when, when 2017 was over, 2018 started, I was, I was fine with not racing. I kind of came to grips with it, you know, honestly by in 2017, probably by, you know, maybe October, I, you know, I understood that there wasn't going to be something out there that I was really super crazy about doing. I thought I could run very good and do very well. So I was okay with that, kind of came to grips with it. And then Jack called me a few times and kind of wanted me to help drive Trevor's car part-time. They were kind of struggling and kind of wanted me back there and you know i know one of jack's biggest disappointments was probably when i left there um after my contract was up to to go to gibbs and i felt like it was an opportunity to hopefully go back and help him um leave on better terms you know without jack i would never be sitting here and he's he did so much for me in my career and i felt bad about 
how bad he felt when I left and kind of the way it went and, and didn't really know what I wanted to do in the future at the time, whether maybe it would be stay, you know, involved in a team, maybe be a manager of some sort or do something there, be involved, maybe not be an owner like what Brad ended up being, but, but maybe be more involved in it. So decided to go back and try that and really glad I did because I felt like we left on much better terms. But um, honestly, just going back, uh, it wasn't really totally about, you know, how we performed or didn't perform, but it was about being gone three days a week again and the kids not being able to come much and they're all doing different stuff and I'd be sitting in that dang motorhome just wishing I was with, with the kid them. with Katie and the kids wherever they were whether they're in Wisconsin or their home yeah. or wherever they were I just I just you know, I, yeah I just couldn't stand it I was ready to um you know to get back with them so after 18 was over and uh you know they offered me to a full-time ride for as long as I want to go do it and really yeah and I just decided not to do it just because I just uh, just couldn't stand being away all the time, yeah. you know. And then uh, 19 was awesome. That was probably one of the best years of my life, honestly. Uh, that, that that vacation we had, like I just had such an awesome year. And then um, I was okay with it. And then, honestly, in February, we went skiing, and it was right before Daytona 500, and I was kind of getting itch again. I kind of had it, you know, in my head. I'm like, man, I think I could still do this. Like <laughs> They're all racing. I'm doing this. And then shortly thereafter, COVID hit. And then I was sitting at home with nothing to do and wasn't missing anything. The kids weren't there. And then, you know, Ganassi uh, called for me to go drive the 42, and that stuff happened with Kyle. And it was actually perfect timing for me because I was kind of having an itch, thinking I could still do it and, you know, all this stuff. I wasn't going to miss anything, right? Like it was a one-day-a-week, no practice. I'm like, oh, this would be a great perfect. opportunity. Went to Darlington, ran good. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. where I belong, back in a race car. I feel really good. And then, <laughs> you know, a couple months later, just uh, it was really good for me because it really um, – push the thought of ever being a full-time driver again out of my head. I realized I couldn't do it anymore. I realized that I couldn't. Why do you think you couldn't do it? Uh, you know, any, I'm going to tell you something, and you you may or may not agree with this, um, but I think most drivers that get to drive almost as long as they want to, they come to the spot where they realize they're not as good as they once were. And the ones who are going to tell you they never came to that realization or never knew it, even though they never took anybody else, is probably not telling you the truth. So it's just – um, I could just tell, I remember Jeff Gordon telling me things about like when he was right stuff away, he goes, eh, there's just things that are different. It's hard to explain until it happens, you know, and you could just tell, you know, like when you're at your best, you probably remember this, like, you know, you'd make moves and before you even thought about making it, you already made it and you're in the right, right spot in the right hole. And you knew where, you, like a lot of times when you're looking in the mirror, you just knew where everything was happening. And you know, you're ahead of the car. It felt like you're going 40 miles an hour instead of 200. And, um, and I wouldn't have any practice. It was a different team. There's yeah. just so many different factors here i didn't race for a year and a half and i got in this car but it was just the opposite i was always behind you know i was always behind the car by the time i was ready to make the move there was already somebody in the hole um i felt like uh i was so far behind where the car was i felt like we were doing 300 miles an hour instead of 170 it was just it's just everything's different yeah. you know it's just everything is happening so fast and it's just hard to uh, uh just wasn't as good as i once was i can I understand like. i can understand some of those comments like um when i go race the bush car once a year I don't know where the corner of the car is. Like, you know, you'll yeah. bump into things and go, oh, <laughs> I didn't know that, you know. You just, yeah. you know, those things, when, when you drive the car every single week, yes. the car p becomes part of your body. Yep. You know, it's like it's you buckle into it and you're, it's all one thing and you know where all every inch of this car is at at all times. And I think, um, you know, like you're saying, you, you know, you're, You'll find yourself looking in the mirror, going, uh, "Am I clear? Where is this? Where is everything? Yeah. Where is everything around me?" Because you just aren't. 
It was second nature. You didn't even have to look before. Um, Isn't that more about repetition than it is age? Yes, but also um, age. Uh, one of the things that comes with age is your will, your willingness to, to take the risk, or be patient, or, or, or dedicate um, the time to it, or just take the risk. Like um, well, like he's yeah. talking about. Like sometimes we would make moves, going, you know, yeah, that worked. And you know, when you get older, you stop doing those things. Yeah. you're you're more yeah. measured. Yeah, I think there's a couple. Of I think you don't process things as quickly no. as, you, as you do when you're younger. You're obviously probably smarter and you see more things and whatever. You don't process as quick. And then doing it every week's a big deal, right? Like when you race all the time, it's just so much easier. And then when you when I went and raced that year, is like there were, like I said, there was no practice or something that they throw you in there and you never race those yep. rules and you could never really work through things. And and it was hard. You know, I was starting in the middle of the pack and those cars were so bad arrow wise, you couldn't qualify. And uh, so there's a lot of things stacked up against me. Not to make excuses, but. Um, in a way, that was good because it kind of got out of my mind because I knew it was yeah. time for it to be over anyway, and that really solidified it because I ran so terrible, and I always said that I would never, never sit run and run bad. that bad to get paid or go do whatever, right? And I just um, tried as hard as I could to make that thing happen. I knew Chip needed that car to run good and a lot going on with COVID and sponsors and everything else. So um, I wanted it more than anybody to make that that work and go run good and win a race or two, but it didn't happen. When you get behind the wheel of a late model, a super late model at Slinger, do you feel like that comes easier or that that's more comfortable that fits um, you better? Yeah, I mean I I was comfortable in the cars when I raced them. The last year I raced them I just wasn't as good at it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I ran a couple late mile races last year and I didn't run very well. I was comfortable in them. Um, you know, that stuff all changes too. It's hard to beat those guys that do it yes. every week. Those cars feel so different now that they're on bump stops and everybody runs all these different setups. Like it's just, it's different, you know, than, um, I think if you could do it every week or, or run 20 races a year instead of two, mm-hmm. I think it'd probably do better. Um, I used to be able to show up and run two and win them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, have, I mean, that was last year like I couldn't. a couple years ago. Yeah, last year I couldn't. We were, I think we ran fifth or something at Slinger, but we didn't run great. But uh, I'm going to go try again this year. You're but then we ran, we ran those couple SRX races, and, and we ran really good at Nashville. Probably could have won Nashville if I'd have known what I was doing just a little bit more. I think we finished second, second or third. Maybe we finished third. Um, but we ran really competitively there with – those guys that were all racing and I felt good about that. That was a lot of fun. And then other two races were dirt, dirt tracks, which I'm not the best at. Yeah. So you are planning to run another late mile race this year. Was, how do you decide that you're going to do that? Um, so yeah, I'm gonna run slinger and I'm gonna run Eldora in an SRX car for, for fun. Cause Why? I'm so, cause I'm so good at dirt. <laughs> Why do you choose to do dirt? Uh, it was the only race they really had available, to be honest with you. And you so. <laughs> really enjoyed the series that much? You know, it was pretty fun. I yeah. was planning on trying to run them all this year, but then, um, you know, uh, Hawk kind of picked some different things. I think a lot of current drivers want to go race SRX mm-hmm. from NASCAR this year for whatever reason. I know they're on Thursdays, but for whatever other reasons. So there wasn't a lot of races available, and I like going up there, so I figured I'd go try one more. And then uh, as far as Slinger, so my friend Joe and, and Jason, they own that Pathfinder chassis in Wisconsin. So they'll build a house car a lot and come and ask me to drive it. And typically when we can go there and run good, you know, it kind of helps your business. And plus I'd love to see those guys and go racing with them and stuff. So that's the main reason I do it and go see some fans. And and when a car runs good, Slinger is really fun to race at. Right. It's one of the most fun tracks you can drive at when your car turns decent. It's what, really tra- fun. what track are you – what track do you have the most personal connection to from your super late model past? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Madison was closest to home, and we had a couple of really fun years there. We first started running good in the late model. Um, Slinger is probably one of the most fun tracks you can race at, so probably one of those two. Yeah. 
is Matt Kenseth going to race super late models for a few more years? You're in really <laughs> good, know. dude. You're in really good health. Like you take such great care of yourself, and you're sharp mentally. Um, you're. I can't. So I, I asked a lot of people that's come to this table this question because I'm kind of battling it with it myself at this moment. It's like, how should I be racing? How much should I race? Do I need to race? Is it really what I need to be doing? You know, I'm sort of in this weird place where I can't figure out exactly what to do. I love driving my late model stock car, but do I need to try to drive it more? Is that really, am I going to regret that decision? Or just, is it that not that big of a deal? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, because you drive, you enjoy, you know, especially when you run good. Um, do you think you're doing it enough for yourself? Or That's a good question. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have a good answer there for yeah. you. I mean, I, last year I kind of felt like doing a little more racing. I felt like I was uh, I was needing to do something. I, I feel like that again this year. A lot of times I'm like, yeah. I need something, yeah. you know, professionally or whatever to go do. And uh, so at times I feel like that, and I'll go up there and do that. I don't know that's necessarily the right thing or exactly what, what I need to be or want to be doing. It depends how I run. You know, like yeah. last year we didn't run well at all. So honestly, if I go up and just run awful at a track that we usually win at or can run in the top three every time we go uh, – probably maybe figure out something else to or not go do it anymore i don't know how does katie feel about you doing that uh she doesn't care doesn't care yeah i mean she's she's what do your girls think about fine. it do they go i don't think they care either do they do they <laughs> like to see it though because um, they, they're you know yeah your girls haven't experienced a bunch yeah you know last year was fun so nashville when i went and ran that first srx race was fun because uh yeah because uh ross and and amber came um with their two kids yeah. and then all my kids were there and katie was there so they all got to come and see me race and a lot of them have never seen me race before um which was really fun um so that was cool um you know it's funny as time goes by it's hard hard for me to tell like they they're not really the kids aren't really around it anymore when they're around it every week they kind of understood it and everything but um they all went with the darlington this year which was kind of fun where i saw you down there and uh they kind of i think maybe appreciated a little bit or looked at things a little bit but i i don't know that they really think about me racing much really what about ross where is ross with racing because i know he he was very competitive had to sort of you know was doing it a lot yeah um, what's what's going on? Yeah, he's not racing at all anymore. So yeah. he raced uh, last time he raced was a uh, is is as a Pensacola was either a snowball derby or there was one of the races he ran down there a couple of years ago. Did you and him ever have a conversation about it? Like what like his racing, his future? Did you ever sit down with him and say, hey man, you know, don't have to do this. You don't want to do this. Oh yeah, we had a lot of conversations. Right. I mean, he started driving my cars and drove all my late model stuff for for years. You know, the the stuff in Wisconsin, the. The big eight stuff and then the super late stuff. And I had a team down here for him. And then, um, you know, we got to run those couple uh, bush races and then um, that truck race. And um, so, yeah, I mean, we had tons of conversation about it, you yeah. know, and try to give him as much well, advice as it, I can. So where, where's he at? Would he ever race again? You'd have to ask him that. So Ross just turned 30 the other day. Yeah. So he certainly can make his own decisions about whether he'd do no, it again. I know. Um, so I, I think, you know, with him, I think he he loves racing, um, but not as much as he loves his family and being dad. Yeah, and, uh, he things. Yeah, he enjoys um, – he's got a really good job. What he does gets, he do? gets to work from home. He just started working uh, for Stanley Black & Decker mm-hmm. here a few months ago, and he works in their uh, corporate accounting team. And uh, he gets to work from home, which is really great. Uh, loves his, like I say, loves his family, loves his in-laws. That lives lives around them, and uh, um, loves being dad, which is which is really fun for me to watch. Yeah. So I think he's uh, he's really content. So I, I don't know what it would take to I make him race again. I remember meeting him for the first time. I think you had just won 
either a race or your championship, and we were at a restaurant. Do you remember that? Um, no. Yeah. We were more specific, but I I wish I could. (laughs) Been to a lot of restaurants, a lot of races, but we, um, I don't know. I was, how, how many times in your career was I with you after your, not very many, after celebrating something that had happened on the racetrack with you? Maybe never. Right. So this was the occasion. Except for that time I gave you a ride home from Darlington and Katie made you sit in the back seat of the Mustang. What happened? I don't, I don't know. I don't remember that. Yeah. I was getting ready to leave the racetrack and you walked up, you're like, Hey man, I need a ride home. I was like, okay, jump in. You remember that? No. Yeah. Was it after stopped. the race? Yeah, I kind of felt bad for you because yeah, it was after the race. I drove you all the way <laughs> home. Hitchhiker. Does he remember this? No, I felt bad for him because we might have might have been maybe our first year in Cup. Maybe. Oh no, it wasn't. It was at least 2002 actually, and because uh, I remember the car I was driving, and we stopped at this. Uh, I don't remember what restaurant it was. I know you got all these sponsors, so I will probably have to tell you it was a Bojangles or something. Um, <laughs> But I don't think it was, but it was something like that. It was a fast food restaurant. We got out, we went in to order, and you got mugged by so many people were bothering you that we had to go in a car and go through the drive-thru. No, like, we didn't even order. It was terrible. I was like, man, as <laughs> much as everybody thinks it'd be cool to be a Dale Jr., this sucks right now. You can't even order a sandwich. Yeah. I don't <laughs> You don't remember any of that, uh-huh. do you? That's crazy. That was 22 yeah, years it. ago. Yeah, I remember it perfectly. Um, well, I remember we were at a restaurant. You had won, I think it was the, your cup championship because um, – or a race or something. You we it, we had planned to go do this, and you asked me to come along, and Ross was there, and he was a kid. Yeah. I remember when he won his first race, uh, big race, I guess, and you showed me a picture on your phone of him sleeping with his trophy. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. Um, and I was like, man, this is crazy. He's because you know me and Matt kind of came up together, but and I always felt like we were sort of the same age, even though we we might be a little bit different, but. He had this son. He had this whole other, you know, part of him that was uh, like I was immature as hell. I didn't have any kids, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. I felt it. If, I felt it was interesting that um, we became friends like we did because you had you had things that had happened in your life that had matured you, right? And you still like you know, you figured, still working on that maturity part. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you're pretty mature um, <laughs> when you came onto the scene. Um, do you remember the first time we met? I don't. Yeah. The very first time we met. I think we were at one of the races that. in 97. That'd be, that'd we were be driving the Kraft yeah. singles car. Yeah. I remember going to Nashville. We talked about this um, uh, with Robbie. I remember going to Nashville, and you running really well. That was like the race where you ran top 10 all day, and I was like, dang, that's pretty good, because that car had they'd struggled with that car. Um, and... Then we start the next season. Um, we go to we you know we go to Daytona. Y'all don't have a sponsor, and y'all go to Rockingham and get like us on the car, and you win the race. And the I mean it's, you, it's so funny to talk to you because you probably see this completely different. But in my mind, you went from man, this guy might have a pretty this guy might be worth kind of paying attention to. They might run they might have a couple good runs this year to firmly on the map like the way you moved tony stewart out of the way and i never i never even touched him well the way he moved out of the way because <laughs> yeah. so tony stewart moves himself yeah. out of the way so yeah the way that went down right it yeah. was it everybody was like oh and from that moment on it you became uh it was you were entrenched into the series you probably still felt like you were working your guts out just to make it but what that 
what that race did for you, I don't know that can it can be uh, put into words. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, to go back to 97 Nashville, we went there. It was my first race with Robbie. And the guys, I was supposed to race a late model up in Wisconsin. I told mm -hmm. um, Jerry Gunderman I was going to race his ASA car all year. And then when Robbie offered me that car, I um, I quit. I moved down there and took it. And there was I had several people who I kind of trusted told me I was dumb and the car wasn't running good and I need to stay up and win races in ASA. But I also knew I wasn't getting any younger. And I seen a lot of younger guys having success like Elliot Sadler, people like that. And I, I just didn't think I was ever going to get a chance mm -hmm. if I didn't do it. So really went down there without any promise or guarantee of anything besides going around Nashville. And, um, we qualified third Robbie and I right away, right after our first practice, I knew it was going to work really well together between the both of us, you know, cause I've worked with, I used to do most of my own stuff in my late model yep. cars. You know, I'd build my own shocks, set my own cars up, build my stuff. I'd do all that. Then down here is different. See, I was at a crew chief, right? And the first crew chief, when I ran my first push race, was like everything I'd tell them, it's just like, well, that's not the way it works in these cars. No, that's not what you're feeling. No, that doesn't make any sense. Like it was, <laughs> it was really bad. And I was like, Ugh. and, and uh, when I started working with Robbie, it was the opposite because he came out of the driver's seat, you know, so he understood both sides of it. And uh, he'd listen to what you'd say, and then he'd tell you his experience. We could kind of work together. It worked really well. So we uh, we did run well well that day. We were actually run third or fourth, and Jeff Purvis spun me out. And we didn't hit anything, and we came back and finished 11th, I think it was, or something. So, um, But, yeah, fast forward back to Rockingham. I mean, that was the biggest win of my career, you know, by far. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the most memorable races and days that I've ever had in racing. Like, nothing could ever top that or replace it, honestly. So. We, uh, like I said, we didn't have a sponsor. We didn't know if we we're going to keep racing. Um, you know, a couple other people that would call and want me to race. I'm like, no, nope. I told these guys I was doing it. We're going to do it. Uh, I'm not going to mention them. Oh, come Be on. Be like Robbie. No, Rob, see, Robbie didn't tell you either. Some of those. Um, were they other Bush teams? Yeah, it was actually, it was actually your dad. He wanted to replace him. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to replace him with somebody yeah. a little more experienced. And I was like, ah, I can't do that to Dale Jr. <laughs> I didn't ever want to tell you that. Sorry to break it to you on the so show. He's diverting. <laughs> and um, we'll just start naming some what people. What is it going to do? Piss yeah. Robbie off? No, I just, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know. Why can't you name? Well, just they had other drivers and stuff. It's just, so? Uh, just, it's like, yeah. It's so like anyway, 27 um, years ago. So it's more than that. It's 26 years so ago. So we went and ran that race. Weren't sure if we're going to have a sponsor. <laughs> and then, you know, Mark Martin was helping us at the time. Roush was helping us at the time, kind of like Robbie all, all covered all that. And, uh, you know, but they didn't, but, you know, risers paid for it all, you know, and, uh, to be able to win that race was just, I mean, it was, it was, it was awesome race. It was really, really cool. It was, it was just, you remember at Rockingham, how you could grab that line in three and four. And if you hit it just right on the left sides, it would like, Yank the car around, would do that. Yeah. And you could run the, the cold cars, MA power, right. And as soon as it yanked like that, you could floor it. Yeah. And if you missed it, it was like two tenths slower. Well, we went in three that last lap, and like somebody that doesn't race probably wouldn't really see it, but Tony missed it by about four inches. And um, when he missed it, he didn't really get way off the line, but he wasn't like sucked down to the line. And my left front hit it, and the car did that. And as soon as it did that, I just floored it. And he was like that far off the bottom, and the air got just to his left. And I, I was just barely moving toward him, you know, and it just got his started moving his car up. And I was able to pass him the line, which I don't still don't know how that ever happened. I uh, really wasn't expecting that, but um, but yeah, that was a great race. Yeah, it's fantastic. It so, why do you think me and you became pals that first year? Maybe you felt bad for me. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, what do you, you know, we, who who instigated the first conversation? 
Most yeah. likely me because the only person I ever met that is more shy than me is you. Yeah. yeah. I was that. massively yeah. shy yeah. back then. Yeah, and me too. And uh, so I think we had that in common. And, and um, you know, I think both starting at the same year, mm-hmm. I kind of understood for whatever reason, in a way, I don't think anybody can only ever totally understand it if they're not in your shoes, but the massive amounts of like pressure you were under and scrutiny and people looking at everything you did and said and, you know, did how you, you drove and like all that stuff. Did you like dad? You were a Dale Earnhardt fan, weren't yeah. you? Yeah. So I thought that was cool. And I thought that was like a good end for me to like, hey man, yeah. I could talk to this guy. He likes my dad. He thinks mm. dad's, dad's yeah. cool. So, um, I don't I re- have, a, I only have a couple of fu- funny memories about your dad and, and you, you know, in your race. Well, I have several because I kind of, I was be by you, especially like our rookie year, right? Yeah. He'd come walking up and tell you stuff or even <laughs> in a Bush series or whatever. But, um, man, he's, he's tough on you. Do you remember that night after qualifying in Atlanta? We were going to go do that QVC show and we went to your dad's motorhome. Nope. Do you remember that? Nope. Oh, um, we got to hear this. Go ahead. I remember that. I felt bad for you that day. So we walk into motorhome and the thing I, not that I really knew your dad that well, but the thing I, you know, you've said a million times, I always commanded the room, right? Like he told everybody where to sit, what they were going to eat, what they were going to like tell you, right? Like the yeah. whole thing, like he, you know, so you walk in, you start taking your shoes off, leave your shoes on, carpet's the cheapest thing in my motorhome, sit down over there, you know, I tell you all that, you know. <laughs> and we were on the pole at Atlanta, and that was with the bush cars, and you could, I, we could, you could run wide open most of the time. And he's like, he's like, man, good job on the pole. I was like, oh, thanks. And he's like, do you run wide open? And I was like, I was like, yeah, I was able to make it on there wide open. He's like, Dale Jr., do you run wide open? You know, and he looks at you and you start doing that. You know, and you start doing that. And I was like, oh, it's this tell right there. I mean, yeah. he's like, he's like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's kind of, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty much. He's like, well, did you run wide open or not? And you're like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're doing all that stuff that you do, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he stops you and he looks right at you. He goes, Did you run wide open or not? And you're like, Well, no, nah, I didn't quite make it through one and two wide open. Well, that's why now you're not on a pole. And he started chewing your butt about it. That's great. why you weren't on a pole because you couldn't hold it wide open or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, All right, how about those Packers? Yeah. Change the subject that's real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was funny, though. Yeah. Man. Yeah. QVC, we were talking about that. Yeah, we wanted because we were doing that QVC show that night or something. And somehow you guys got me where I could go on there with you guys or something. Yeah. I can't remember. It was a long those time were ago. Some that was strange. probably 90, 98, yeah. maybe 99. Might have been 99. I don't that's, know. It yeah. feels awkward. I mean, like knowing how yeah. awkward. I mean, you never really loved doing QVCs to begin with, but then knowing it, I got my ass chewed like, right before we went on. And now you get yeah. chewed right. We were really chewing man. it that bad, but yeah. it was just it was kind of funny. He made me, uh, yeah. yeah, made me want to wish I'd run wide open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like man, I should have the wide open wrecked. I mean, I, right? <laughs> who knows? Yeah. I noticed you didn't say, well, if you'd have gave me a better car, I could have. You oh. Know, you know, you didn't say that. Oh, but. yeah. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> think that would have been thing. I knew that was a sorry ass excuse. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, you have a couple of Dale Earnhardt stories. That's a good one. What else? Like, that's not what I'm telling you. Wh- wh- oh, but do you know of some? Do you remember some Dale Earnhardt no, stuff? You, you, You're not telling the truth. No, I don't know. That was just the one I was thinking about. Yeah. Do you remember when the first time you met him? You know, um, uh, yeah, I think. Um, no, I'll just say no. I feel like the first time I met him was probably at Dover when I drove Bill's car. In the driver's in the driver's yeah. meeting, um, it was probably there. Is either at that one or it was the next one I ran in the Roush car. Um, but I remember he came and sought me out because that was one of our only wrecks that we had together. I told uh, you that I was that, that weekend. Story. No, I won the Bush race that weekend when I drove Bill's car. So it was a it was a different week. it was a different race, but I must have been running the Cup race the next day because I remember him seeking me out at the driver's meeting and did his whole arm around me thing and 
you know, he would never do that intentional. That was like, you know, laying all We of, wrecked you know, yeah. somewhere else besides no, it was Dover. Dover. Yeah, so it was the next day I was running a cup race. He saw the next day at the driver's meeting. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the infamous yeah. Dover story. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 yeah, so it was funny. He came and got, put his arm around me. And was, yeah. Yeah. We talked about that one. Yeah. That Matt had the best yeah. car. We had a restart somehow or another. I'm on the inside, and I'm like, man, I'm going to try to pass him. <laughs> and we ran side by side for like three corners, and I finally yeah. busted my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I'll right. tell you, those cars I were – um, I mean, all the people that don't do it anymore, the older guys probably all think that their generation of stuff was like not the best or whatever. But those cars were really fun to drive. So you could still pass. So fun. There was no really aero deficiency mm-hmm. behind somebody. It almost hurt the guy in front of you yeah. when you could pull up to him. Bumpers didn't line up yeah. if you need to move somebody. Um you they were really, and you could drive them so hard. Remember how hard you drive those things at Dover? You yeah. drive them so hard, and it was You fun. remember at places like Michigan and Charlotte, the lead car would get loose. Yeah. And we would often, there were a couple races where it's like, no, 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 you lead, you yeah. lead. Yeah. No, 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 you lead, you yeah. lead. I'll run yeah. a couple laps up front. No, no, I'm yeah. too loose, yeah. you lead. Yeah. You'd race super hard to get that five points for that lap lead, and then if you weren't good enough to hang on, you're like, ah, I'm going to slow down. And you get behind them and start building yeah. the right front for a while, right, and get tighter and then try to pass them back. And, yeah. 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 It was bad ass. Yeah. Was none, of, none of that these days. People used to wave you by. Yeah, yeah. Come, on, come on, I'll get you back later. None Even of that. the cup car yeah. in 2000 didn't drive like that. Yeah. You know, don't you remember? Did you think the cup car was similar to the Bush car back then? Uh, I mean, it wasn't too far off, but it didn't have that tendency yeah. to – to the aero balance leading versus following was quite different, I thought, in the cup car. Yeah. A little more aero issues. And yeah. I remember going to fe- – or going to <clears> – <throat> they had that five-and-five five rule. Yeah. That sucked. They got five-inch front valence. Yeah. Thing Did we ever race – that was like a 98 when it came I up. Ran I ran it at the Motegi. At where? At the Japan race. Ah. Uh, and it was awful. And yeah. I was like, oh, cup sucks. This thing going to be no fun. The Bush car yeah. is way more fun than this. Yeah. Were you really pissed off about that, Rick? Because you're going to win the race. Um, you were. I mean, not not that bad. Because I, I mean, it didn't ruin our friendship. Yeah. No. I mean, I've been mad about Rex, obviously, um, but not. I mean, not really. Because really, I knew in my heart that it was just an accident. I yeah. mean, yeah, you're still mad when you get taken out because you only get a chance to win so many races. Mm-hmm. Even when you're young, you still know that it's a finite amount. You're not going to race forever. And you're not going to win. 200 races at least you know i wasn't so so i mean you hate you always hate to lose races no matter how it happens but no i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't mad i knew you didn't is the maddest you ever were uh was it joey at martinsville is that the maddest (laughs) uh you know i don't know i've been mad after some you you really you kind of get mad when it's not only intentional you know but that one was just different because like I felt like it was intentional. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But then, you know, it wasn't really that. It was all the comments after the race, the comments the next week, the race at Talladega the week after that when, you know, he pulled two car lengths behind me on a restart on purpose to drag my row back so I couldn't have a chance to win and get back in. It was all the little stuff after that, really, that was more than yeah anything. So, so I don't know. I mean, I feel like, you know. There's nothing. Jeff worse. and I went at it for a little while. Jeff and Gord, Jeff, Jeff Gordon and I went right. at it That's for a right. while. Yeah, and uh, which started from a hundred percent accident, which we still talk about this and laugh about it. And he he still, I, I think, mostly believes me. But it was a hundred percent accident. I spun him out one time, and uh, it was at Bristol, yeah, where he comes to pit road. Yeah, so that was funny <clears> when he kind of grabbed my helmet, and got yeah. all mad. So, so I'm leading this race, and we were really fast on a short run, but we would get too tight. 
And it was Kurt's, Kurt was always my teammate, and it was his first year with the two car with Penske. So we're leading the race. I don't know how many laps there was to the end. Um, but it was it was in our window where we were going to win. And we, we got, you know, decent lead, and I caught uh, Dale Jarrett. And Dale Jarrett was racing for Michael. And I caught up to him. That's when Bristol was always on the bottom, and he would just cover up the bottom and stop. And he couldn't, you couldn't pass him outside. And he would stop so much I couldn't get a run off the corner. And I was like, so I'm getting a little bit tighter, right? The wheel's here, and then it's here, and then it's here. Kurt's getting a little closer and a little closer. And I was like, it was just dumb on my part, so I was mad at myself because I should have just moved him. I should have ran into him, moved him, but I hate getting ran into. And honestly, I don't like running other people. I'd very seldom run back other people, no matter. I know there's highlights that show that I do, but um, very seldom. Like, if I didn't get hit first, very seldom would I hit anybody else to move him. If I couldn't pass him without, you know, running into him, I just wouldn't pass him. Yeah. But this incident was really stupid. Like, I should have just – I just had so much respect for him, and I was like, I'm not running into Dale Jarrett. I've watched him race all these years. I'm not I'm not doing it, you know. I should be able to get by him. And we got about, I don't know, 15 or 20 to go, and I was getting so tight, and now it's almost too late. I never did get by him. And um, I should have moved him. And Kurt, moved, Kurt caught up to me with maybe 15 or 20 to go, and um, he got – first corner got to me, punted me. <laughs> Didn't even give me a corner. Just punted me and moved up the track, passed me, got to Dale. Next corner, punted Dale, passed him, and then I followed him by Dale. And by then, the right front was burned off, and I got passed for second. And then Jeff caught me and passed me for third with, like, maybe two laps to go. And, I mean, I didn't care if I finished third or fourth. I mean, what, what's the difference, right? And um, so I was fourth. Jeff was third, and, and we went in, the, and I came off turn four, and I was, I don't know, a few feet behind him, and we went into one, the last lap, took the white, and I was just like, I was really deflated, and I was just resigned to finishing where I was, and uh, mad I got moved out of the way, and I was like, oh, man, this sucks, and man, he stopped. He just parked it on the bottom and stopped, and I had, I had, was not ready for it. And I hit the by, and I was just late to see it, honestly, because I was just I had nobody behind me. I was just going to float in the corner and finish the race, and I wasn't ready for it, and uh, bumped him in the back because I couldn't stop quick enough and spun him out. And that's why I got, that's why it looks so funny afterwards. Like we want to go fight. I was like I was like I cannot believe I just spun him out. I was like I was going over there apologize. Never dreamed like he was going to be so pissed off. He's going to want to you know whip my butt, right? So I was like, so anyway, that was the start kind of our feud. But we got, we got, and then he took me out of Chicago. We were leading the race. And, uh, but we, uh, we worked it out, you know, through the years. It never really escalated yeah. too much farther. Yeah. You didn't have many, you didn't have many run ins. Yeah, I mean, had, a couple. I had a few here and yeah. there, but I tried not to have Carl. Many. Yeah, had one with Carl. We didn't really have that many really necessarily run ins. We just, um, you know, at times, him and I didn't see eye to eye. We were just different uh, personalities oh, back yeah, then. Yeah, for sure. We were very different personalities. Ha, yeah. So the infamous thing at Martinsville where you're getting interviewed. And the fake punch? Fake punch. was this, yeah, I, thought, so the, I felt like that was kind of the yeah, kind of the jerkiest thing. It was so, <laughs> I'm just glad it was fake, man. I'd, I'd be dead. <laughs> you know, that was a while coming, you know. Uh, you know. You probably don't know this about me, but I could be a little bit of a smart aleck occasionally. <laughs> occasionally. And, even, even, and yeah. Carl would get under my skin about certain things. And some of this is on both of us because neither one of us is probably mature enough to sit down in a room and talk about it and figure out our differences. But things he would do and not do would get under my skin, and things that I would probably do or not do would get under his skin. Um, like he was always late and got yeah. under my skin, just bugged me all the time. It was like we'd be here for a photo shoot. No matter what we'd be doing, we'd be 15 minutes late. 
I'm like, man, we're all here. You're just, it's disrespectful to our time to, you know, each, everything you show up late. We'd always have that talk. I mean, I don't know why I'm bringing that up. It had nothing to do with that fake punch, but um, there's just like little things. And, and, um, so anyway, there was, we got into it in a bush car one time at Kansas. It was kind of, um, I kind of squeezed him in the wall. I didn't really mean to squeeze him in the wall, but there was a bunch of lap cars at then. I don't know what happened. And he got mad at that. And then at Martinsville, the whole thing happened. So he caught me with, I don't know, however many laps to go and ran in the back of me and punted me out of the way. So this is the way I've always been. So, cause I, don't, I told you, I don't like it hit it. And I usually don't like hitting other people, but like if somebody runs in the back of me, I usually just go hit them harder the next corner. So he, teammate or not, I was like, he just punted me out of the way, didn't even try to pass me. So I went into one and I hit him like twice as hard. He went up the track. He didn't wreck or anything. He just went up the track, lost a few spots and we finished the race and it was over. And that's what, that's yeah. what that was all about. He yeah. was mad about it. Said I tried to wreck him, which I didn't try to wreck him. Yeah. So, you know, Carl and I through the years have become, become good friends. I have a lot of respect for Carl. Um, I really enjoyed seeing him at Darlington. I haven't mm-hmm. seen him in a long time. Um, and this will tell you something about Carl Edwards. Carl's one of those guys that would do – he I hate to say do almost anything for you because I don't know about that. But he – you know, <laughs> I think a lot of Carl. Like he's a – he's very outgoing. He's a go-getter. Like sometimes you make that – like you probably have a list in your head. Like if I was in dire straits – who are the first 10 people I call, who are the last 10 people I call, right? Like, you know, everybody kind of has that in their head. Well, well, Carl's a guy who would help anybody out. He could be a stranger. He could be whatever. Yeah. Um, he's very smart. Um, he's very, like I say, smart. He's he's very intelligent on things. So um, anyway, at Darlington, it made me, you know, tell a little story, which maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. But, you know, Sterling was up on stage with us, I'm and thinking, Sterling didn't I'm look too good. thinking about this right now. Sterling doesn't look too great so i don't think his health is very good and and you couldn't i couldn't communicate with him like i couldn't really i, I didn't really know what he was saying well he, he he looked panicked you know and he's like he wanted to get off that float yeah. before it went around the track but i didn't really know what he wanted so i'm kind of sitting there i'm like well sterling can i get somebody to help you but he couldn't really i couldn't really understand what he was saying you know well carl jumps right up and he's like gets right in his face he's like what and he's like okay he goes i think he wants to get out of here he goes hold on so the thing's getting ready to pull away right like all the rest of us all the rest of us would have just sat there and been like, hey, man, I, you know, maybe flag somebody down, whatever. We all were but not Carl. There. Not Carl. He jumps off the back of this trailer that's about this high. He runs over, grabs this big stool, pulls it up to clamp there, climbs up on the trailer, and he grabs Sterling. He's like, come on, Sterling, I'll get you off here. Grabs him, like fireman carries him pretty much, steps off the trailer, off the back of a semi-trailer, no stairs or anything with that thing there, steps back, walks him over the wall, gets him to where he needs to go, and then jumps back up on the trailer to go do the lap. I mean, Amazing. that tells you a lot about the guy you know, right there just to finish my Carl story. So. Perfect. No, that's, that's pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. To be honest with you. Cause like they'll, that, that issue at Martinsville changed your opinion of Carl and mine. And I never thought of him the same. It's like, cause I, that's what I think about with him. And I thought that was kind of a, yeah. uh, that was kind of a cheap move. It was a bad look at the, it was a bad look for Carl. Yeah. And Carl had a lot of, you know, people that, that liked him and a lot of people that thought and, he was... Well, the he point had, is, he is that a, these stories a, help uh, us get back to what yeah. the true Carl is. He frankly. maybe had a little bit of anger issues when he was younger, and um, and he, he took everything really, really personally. Yes. You know, yeah. like, um, you know, any comment that somebody would make in the media or anything an announcer would say, you know, I think he would confront somebody if you ever say anything bad about him. Like, he was very, very... Um, sensitive when it came to all that stuff very you know didn't so didn't like I, I wrecked him off a of turn two at michigan michigan and he come he hits me uh, after the after we the race is going to end there yeller comes off pit road and he does smashed it. into me yeah um which is fine um i had my hand out the window but um i don't know if he saw it <laughs> i'm just gonna assume he did but uh but then he came to victory, victory lane 
And um, but he comes up. He came over to the bus lot hours later, and he came up to me and apologized. Really? Yeah. Oh, that I didn't know this. That must have been what year was that? Two thousand four, five, oh, really? five. Hmm. 2004 or five. Yeah. yeah. He said, man, I want to know. I want to let you know I shouldn't have came into Victory Lane. I should have handled that differently. I was mad. That was nice. Well, he came uh, to Victory Lane and also put his hands on you. Yeah. Like, he grabbed you by the, yeah. you know, like, like we're going to fight in Victory Lane. Yeah. That's, yeah. Made for good TV. Yeah. I guess. Would have been a short fight, but it made it good for TV. It would have been a short fight. <laughs> you would have loved this. It was the one time Dale gets in Victory Lane and, and he comes out and, and you could hear booze. You could hear booze. Yeah, we got yeah. booed a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 they and, probably weren't for him, probably because they saw Carl in Victory Lane. I, no, it was before that. It's when he <laughs> it got was. out of the car. No, really? it was like when he People came. People weren't happy with me. They weren't happy. Really? Yeah. Hmm. They, they didn't like it. They didn't like it. <laughs> That's good. They didn't like That's it. Good. I don't know. It's a moan of volume. Yeah. It's when they don't care is when you got to worry. Yeah. That's right. It was dead silent they introduce you. That's a problem. You're a pin drop, yeah, yeah, that's a problem. But that's that. Those are good, Carl. I mean, Carl Edwards. I think that's the 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 good side of Carl that we actually want to need to remember because I mean, the Darlington thing. You were so yeah. glad to see him at Darlington. Yeah. Um. You came back really just talking about how in the, in the funny Kyle Bush story that you told. Uh. With yeah, we were <laughs> sitting up there and Kyle gets introduced and everybody cheers and Carl looks at me and goes, "What the hell's all that?" <laughs> <laughs> While you were sleeping, he's been I, away. He's got to come back and we, Kyle uh, bushes everybody's. <laughs> Hero, yeah. right? Good. Really? Good yeah. cheer now? Really? Yes. That's cool. Yes. Oh, That's man. Funny. Uh, yeah, Carl and uh, Carl and Kyle almost fought once. That would have been a short fight, too, God, when we were at Gibbs. Carl was, was a, a big boy. I don't think you want to mess with. You don't want to, I don't think you'd want to fight with Carl. No. It would be a real shot. I've never seen him fight. I know that Harvick had him in a headlock area in the garage area, which I thought well, was pretty impressive. But Harvick's Harvick had him headlocked? Yes. No. I don't, Harvick's I doubt bus it. driver had him in a headlock. Really? And that, don't you remember, really? uh, remember Cowboy? Remember, Carl goes over to the garage in to, into Harvick's garage stall, and I thought they wrestled. Well, maybe they did. Maybe we're. I don't know. This is the same story. I don't know, but I just know that uh, Harvick's bus driver, who was freaking strong, just strong dude, and he he got Carl in place. That's the one person I know that actually yeah. Carl doesn't even stand up to. I don't that. know, man. All those garage fights, you know, people talk about like when I charge Kozlowski and try to tackle him yeah. and stuff. All those garage oh, right. fights and stuff. What I mean, are you going to do? I, well, here's the same as all the rest of you guys and <laughs> Jeff Gordon and Pierre Roach stuff, right? You glance over both shoulders and you see how close the officials are and your bus driver is and stuff. You're like, okay, I'm going to only have three seconds. I got to go get them. Yeah. All right, then they're going to tear us apart. Like, but I mean, you, that, you yeah, the fight, video, don't fight like outside the track somewhere. Video, like, no you, way I would do that. I know, but the video of you running into the alley in between those two haulers and then you kind of just football tackling. Yeah. Yeah. What was your, it wasn't what was, a great tackle. What was your plan? What was the plan in the moment? <laughs> I don't really have one. I so were he, you trying he, to take him to the ground. So him early? and I. So I think this is probably the same year. So him and I were going at a little bit, and um, honestly, the reason I got so mad there it was after the race. I had all my seatbelts off. I was yeah. hanging my helmet up on the hook. We're down to turn four, he and he you. comes and pile drives me inside of the car. And I'm like, man, you hurt somebody doing that. I mean, on the track's one thing, right? Like I get it. We're all driving on. Even if you're under yellow, everybody's buckled in. We're in race cars. I understand it, but so that's what set me off on that yeah. one. I guess. But you, you were you thinking, man, take him to the ground early? I wasn't really thinking, obviously. <laughs> I just went back and changed and went home. <laughs> I wasn't really thinking at all. Yeah. Uh, Who hasn't forget, had those moments? I forget Matt yeah. being in all these little – I know, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we, we got all of them, though. I think there's only three or four of them. Okay. We were going to talk about Hall of Fame stuff or something, you know? That, that, yeah. Now these, That's these boring. fights. That's all boring. So why were um, – what was your personality? Like, because – well, so I asked that question because and I, I know we're all out of order here, but but when people like when you were racing, I don't. I'm just going off of what people say, but because I don't really remember 
hearing about it much, but in the moment, but like when you raced late models up north, like you had a nickname, Matt the Brat. Like was was that really it's just because it rhymed? Just oh. because it rhymed. <laughs> Come on, there's other things that rhyme. Nah, I mean so, Matt. Like wait, like what? I heard I heard your driving style. Matt the was cat. aggressive. <laughs> I mean, probably not when. So Todd Bailey is an announcer at Slinger. Um, he's, he's always the announcer that. up there. What's that? He started that at Slinger, but he had nicknames for, for everybody. Everybody went. Could did you go up for to everybody? Go, you know, Conrad Morgan's car was black and you know black and blue is 92 the black and blue 92 of conrad morgan he looks so like he had it for up, everybody did you go up to the guy and go hey man can you change that i don't yeah, really no, like that care. That, well i didn't really care to be honest with you um and no i would never ask him to change it i mean that's the best way to get somebody not to right that's yeah. right like that's true you know i tell Fair my kids enough. that all the time right when they go to school and somebody says something that bothers you if you act like it bothers you they're gonna keep saying it so yeah. it, it really didn't bother me anyway so you weren't truly a brat. Well, I might have been, but it didn't bother me. <laughs> so it didn't bother. Didn't, I don't. I can't I imagine you being. I can't see you being bratty. I can't see you being. Yeah. I. I yeah. No, I don't. I, I self made. Just kind of. You're self made, like you say. You worked on your own cars. You did everything. You know. You know how. To, you knew when I was racing you in the Bush series. You were doing your own shocks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did them in the Bush car. I did them the first year in the Cup car too. Yeah. yeah, I always liked doing them. It gave me something to do, and I'd go to the shop and work on them and yeah. try something new. So um, I was scared. Yeah, I remember we won a dangerous. We won a bush race somewhere, especially the tie down shocks. Yeah, when uh, so they made that rule in the bush series when you had to run those three thirty thousandth bleed holes. Remember that? And uh, so I did all this research, and I figured out that you know, obviously, the longer you make the hole, the less fluid that's going to flow through it. It takes longer for the fluid to get through it. And you could put a bunch more rebounds. So Carrera had like the thickest pistons, so I got some Carrera shocks and. Drilled them all. I drilled them all by hand, so it probably wasn't super precision. Maybe we had a little <laughs> drill press there. So, I mean, they probably were more than 30 thousandths. But um, anyway, it held the car lower than everybody else's, and we won a race on them. So I was proud of that because I kind of figured out and researched all the shocks and found them and built those. I remember doing it. That was kind of fun back in the day when you could always Some do creativity. that stuff. and just Yeah, kind of creative, but you didn't have to be uh, – you have to be very smart because I'm not very smart. So you didn't have to have an engineering background or a college degree or com- computer simulation. You would just look at stuff and try it. And that yeah. was that was – Fun. I'm glad I lived in that day in my career because we, uh, you know, Robbie and I together, we tried a lot of stuff just by, you know, common sense stuff or stuff yeah. you would think about or try and look at and not really something you'd come up with in a simulator. So um, I want to say that when we raced in the Bush Series together, you were the toughest competition for me. Um, I always felt like that I had everybody beat but you at all times. You know, it's like, you know, it's going to be me and you. Um, and we went to every racetrack we went to, it was, you know, there might be somebody that might run good, but you were going to be running good. And, um, I liked, you know, I, I was happy with how all that went down cause we won a couple championships and, but we go to the, the cup series and you beat me in the rookie of the year and we got a good start to the year and I won a couple races, but for whatever reason, my second half was the most miserable, probably the most miserable season I can remember, and there were some bad ones. <laughs> but for whatever reason, man, we just I couldn't do anything right the second half of the year, and your your season was was good. And uh, I was jealous. I was envious of you winning the rookie of the year title, and then I was I was envious of you winning the a championship. I never won a championship, and I was like, man, you know, I thought I thought, man, if he's gonna do it, I want to be able to do it. Um, but I always um, enjoyed seeing you have success. So it was a weird, <laughs> it was a weird situation because we were friends, 
and I wanted to see you win. I want to see you do well. Um, but I always, me- always sort of, I didn't measure myself against anyone else the way I did you. Um, and so like, if you were running well or doing well, I thought, man, I need to, I need to, what do I need to do to do that? Um, and so not that that's not that I'm getting anywhere or going to end up anywhere, but (laughs) I just, and maybe you already knew all of this, you know, I don't think I've ever told you, man, I was really jealous naturally, right. Jealous of your success, but I also felt like that, um, your success and your style, I envied it. I admired it. I thought that your your uh, the way you drove race cars, the way you approached your job, it was very. Um, I appreciated it a lot because it was really um, classic, for lack of a better way to describe it. You know, it reminded me of like David Pearson and, and some of the older guys that was just really knew how to drive a race car and had such great racecraft. Um, you know, a lot of guys that we watch today. Don't have a lot of, I mean, the cup guys, most of them do, but, you know, you, racecraft is, doesn't seem like it's as easy to obtain anymore for whatever reason. Yeah. But, man, um, you know, you had to have it back in the in the early 2000s. You had to have racecraft to have success because it was so competitive. But um, I don't know, man. I just, um, I always appreciated the friendship. I always thought that um, you didn't have to be my friend. Uh, nobody had to be my friend. I didn't know being, you know, being Dale, being this friend of Dale Earnhardt's son, probably wasn't high on a lot of people's list. Um, but uh, I appreciated how, like, you know, from the moment we we met in '97 or '98, right around that when we started racing the Xfinity Series together. No matter what happened on the racetrack, no matter who won, no matter whether you won or I won, or who was having success at the time, or whether we had run-ins together, um, it, it never got personal. It never got ugly. Uh, we always parked together at the bus lots. I really appreciated that. You could have said, "Hey, you know, I'm tired of parking next to this." F-. <laughs> um, I got a family now. He's still in. He's still single and acting like an idiot. Um, but we always, always loved that we we had that connection. Um, that that was important to me, and and um, yeah. So I guess you know that's why I want to see you still race a little bit because I kind of don't ever want to see Matt Kenseth not race. Uh, as long as I've known it, Matt Kenseth has raced cars, you know, and and I'm sort of piddling, and I want you to piddle, you know, piddling the same races. Yeah, well, I appreciate <laughs> yeah, all that. There's, right. there's there's a couple yeah. things um, I do really appreciate you saying all that, and I feel the same way. Um, first of all, about the keep racing thing, I think you own a bunch of race cars. I do. I forgot about that. I told yeah. you I'd put you in my late model news. You actually told you me had- that when I was done racing, I could come and run your bush car. Yeah, and I ca- <laughs> I called you on that favor, and you told me no. Bullshit. Yeah, I did. Bullshit. Yeah, I did. I didn't I did. say no. Well, c- kind of did. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what? Let's get into <laughs> this. <what> happened? <laughs> yeah, I was talking to you. It was probably the first year I wasn't racing. That's and uh, they were having a bush race at Elkhart Lake. And I said, hey, I think I can get a little bit of money from a sponsor. Probably not as much as it takes for you guys to go run those races. And you're like, yeah, I think I'm going to get some. I got that race open, but I think I'm going to get Regan to drive that one because we've got a sponsor that wants them to go. Well, if that, damn, if I that's mean, the there case, was <laughs> you got told what's up. Yeah. yeah. There was no way that Dale I know. Just had to throw it up there. But anyway, um, it's funny you say that. So about 2000, I remember when you won Texas. And, like, it was like party was on, right? Yeah. And um, – 
I believe I went up there and graduated afterwards. At least I hope I did at the racetrack. I'm sure I did. But I remember sitting on the porch in my house in Mooresville and calling you that night. And you answered the phone, except I think this is how old we are. I think that's before we texted each other. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> it was. So I, I called you. We had pagers. And I congratulated you. And you're having a you know big old time. And um, I felt the same way. I was like so happy for you, but I was jealous at the same time. Yeah. I was like, and then I went back to the ride. I was like, man, we got it. And this was in this was in April. April Texas race. And I was like, man, we got we we got to win. We can't have this. Like we got to get running better. We got to, you know, we got to figure this out. And then we went to Charlotte and you won an all-star race. And um, we ran like, I remember Mark Martin was so mass. We ran so bad in all-star. Like we ran awful. I don't think we made it. And in the last chance race, we ran terrible, whatever it was. And we came back and redid, like, Robbie redid everything in that car. We talked about how bad everything was. And we brought the same car back to the 600. I remember Mark telling us how stupid we were. He's like, you brought that same car back? That thing couldn't run a lick? Like, he was just chewing Robbie out. And I was like, yeah. And anyway, so we ended up, we were running top three or four most time in the 600. Remember, it was the longest race ever. You were yeah. dominating the race. You were going to win the 600. And you may or may not can say this because I know there's still sponsors involved. Uh, but that was that period in time where you could just change tires and go from a winning car to being so loose you'd run almost last. Yeah. And you came in and got one of those sets of tires, like two two sets to go. You're leading the race, driving away. Cause I, I don't know why I remember this. We'd go on straightaway, and you'd just be, like, driving all over the place on the straightaway, <laughs> just screwing around. I'm like, what's, what's he doing? <laughs> like, you're so fast. they yeah. go to the next corner, and he'd have three more car lengths on you, and then he'd have three more the next corner. And uh, anyway, he came in and pitted and went to, like, way back. And it was after the rain, to be fair, so it might not have just been that. Yeah. And then because uh, there was a rain delay, and then we got faster after the rain. And I think you got back up in there somewhere, we but we were able to. Yeah, like we were that. able to win that race. I was. Uh, I feel like your dad maybe finished. He ran third fifth, or something. Third or third yeah. or fifth somewhere we're in all there. Right there. Except uh, past Bobby toward the end for the win. And um, so yeah, we were able to win that race, and the rest of the year we didn't do particularly great as well. And like I said, I think that was your race to win as well without the rain and whatever else happened. And then, um, you know, how you said the rest of that year was bad for you. 2000, that was 2001 for me. We, we came off that win. I was like, man, everything's going good. We went to Dover and ran second or third the next week. Um, just tons of confidence, feeling good. 2001 was awful. Like I couldn't have been more down after 2001. Was a, we ran terrible. We broke all the time. We, didn't win any races. I don't know where we finished in points. I, you know, I don't think we finished terrible in points, but just it was, it was, it was bad. So that was my year, 2001. Nothing could go right. Yeah, <laughs> I remember the Charlotte race, and and I remember running great. We had a rain delay. My, I had a very fond memory where I sat with Dad on pit, around pit wall, just yeah. just hanging, talking, you know. And I was in this sort of, I just won that All Star race. Things were going great. I'm leading this race, and I'm sitting there going. I cannot believe where I'm at right now, sitting with my dad, leading, whipping this, him, whipping him. <laughs> yeah. right? Like he's coming to me, yeah. going, "How how's your car feeling?" This, you know, what, yeah. he's asking me questions, yeah. right? And it was incredible. And I was disappointed we didn't win that race, but I remember that being your first win, and you, that wasn't hard. It wasn't, you know, it was, wasn't hard to take. You know, was, I don't remember being that disappointed about. Like oh damn it you know we had that one you know, I all like those that. years <laughs> I, I did I did that whole race I was like yeah. man he's he's totally I wonder totally how many race other races people thought I should have won um, <laughs> but those are the ones that <laughs> but those are the ones that are like you know yeah you, you know you you kind of feel like everything's going good and then all of a sudden kind of out of your own control it just kind of yeah. goes the other way yeah. those are those are ones sometimes that are a tough I take like <sighs> I couldn't understand like um you always ran great at Dover but. 
I would go to Dover, and it was like, damn, it was like clockwork. Middle of that race, my tires were bouncing yeah. like basketballs. Yeah. The first 150 laps, didn't have that problem. 200 laps in the middle of that race, we had 500 lappers back then there. 200 laps in the middle of that race, your tires bounced all the way around the track like somebody was f-ing dribbling the car. Yeah. And then it'd go away at the end of the race. It, the last 100 laps or whatever, it wouldn't happen. And every race we had that problem, and I couldn't figure out, like, what is this phenomenon that's creating this? Why is this? How do I get this out of the car, right? I could not puzzle the hell out of me. But you ran it. You ran really good there. I had a couple well, of good over, but that was your – it's funny how we always run great at the track we run our first race in. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. Or the track you win your first race in becomes sort of this track you come, you always do great at. Yeah. Um, I, Sometimes I, that beginner's luck thing you wonder about, you know, because I ran Bill's car at Dover and we finished sixth. Yep. And that was like, and, and Bill is, is an incredible driver, yep. right? And that, I think that was the best finish that car had the whole year. It was. It was crazy. That car and then, had not run good all year and didn't run good after that. Yeah. At the, when you get in a car and take that car and run better than, than it's been running, right? Um, everyone in the sport takes notice. And it's, it's weird. Like, you know, you don't know why, but that was a really fun race, actually, because there was no pressure, and it was just – it was actually really fun. And then my second race I drove um, – I don't I don't get credit for it because he started the race, but remember when Bobby broke his shoulder, Labonte, at, at Darlington, Darlington. And I drove the 18 car at Darlington. That. that was my, my second race. W- what happened? We uh, – we, well, what happened is I was driving it. I qualified it, so we were on the backstretch. Remember the backstretch, how bad it was, mm-hmm. pitting back there? So the rain, the race didn't have to get rain shortened, but we ran like incredibly good. We should have finished probably top five, and we would drive to I, I don't know, make something up. We'd drive to sixth, and we'd pit in the backstretch and come out twenty third, and Damn. we'd drive to seventh, and we'd come out. So anyway, so we got back to um, we we finished tenth. Uh, started got rain shortened, but we finished tenth. But it was really fun because we ran ran really well there. That was a fun race too. Yeah. When you think about your career and your and and winning that championship, right uh, in two two thousand three, when yeah. did you, yeah one in oh three two thousand three, that happened so early in your career, right? You had so many other wins and and amazing seasons and ups and downs throughout the rest of your career. Um, do you rank that championship season as your best year, or are there other years that have happened since then where you're thinking? You know, we didn't win the championship, but I mean, six wins or whatever. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, it, the one thing that's been kind of fun about being done with racing, or you know, even the Hall of Fame stuff and all that, is you can kind of look back, you know, and enjoy, you know, some of the high points or think about it more. I used to never really think about it at all because I'm like, man, I don't want to be looking in the rearview mirror. You got to be looking on the windshield. We got to get better this week. We got to do this. We got to do that. And I would always have a problem, which I still do. I still, I still have bad feelings over certain races you know you wake up and you know think about the the ones that you did dumb things yeah. and lost or whatever right like you'd you'd um you know be miserable over the bad things more than you'd enjoy the successes you know yeah. you'd, you'd you'd be stuck on the failures but um best race or best year i don't know that's a that's a tough one to put you sure. know i mean that's a tough one to figure out i think i think 2003 was a a great year for us. We only won one race, but that was kind of when everybody's cars used to be a lot different. And that year, Ford really struggled um, pretty bad. Like all the Ford teams struggled yeah. that year. And we ran really, really well. I thought we did really, really good 
with what we had. We made very few mistakes. We did have a couple DNFs. We broke a couple times, broke a couple engines or something, I think. Um, but we would always get the best out of the car. You know, if we had an eighth place car, we would somehow finish, finish fourth or fifth. It was like one of those years, you know, you're like, ah, I run about 10th today and race would be over and we'd be sixth. We're like, no, oh, how do we get those four spots? You know, we just, we had a great pit crew, had good strategy. Um, you know, so it was just, it was one of those years where I felt like I didn't make a lot of mistakes on the track and yeah. we didn't make a lot of mistakes the off rumor, the track. The rumor in those days was that the, the, um, Roush motors were way down on power, uh, and everybody. I mean, that was probably one of the things, if if true, I think that was probably most impressive about how you ran because our the opinion from our side was you're doing what you're doing down a big a, a big chunk on power. Yeah. Um, did you did you feel that way? Uh, yeah, I think we probably, <laughs> you're going to get Jack mad at me again. We just got all, we just got all just got it all friendly of, yeah. again. We got it all figured <laughs> out. You know, uh, we for sure were, yeah. you know, down on power somewhat. That's when I used to chassis dyno everybody's stuff and they would, they would kind of give everybody a graph. They wouldn't really put car numbers on it, but you could, you could, you know, figure it out. Um, but then I think 2004 was the year they merged with Yates. Mm -hmm. So that was last year. Could of you tell the difference? Motors. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went, uh, we went to the first open race and won. Um, we won Rockingham um, with, Doug, with Doug and uh, Jack's new motor thing. And it was like, it, I, well, we raced, you know, Rockingham was the second last race of the year, and it was the second race yeah. of the year. And I was like, wow. And then we went to Vegas and won again. We won the first and second, or second and third race, first two open races of the year. And... Um, I think we won an all-star race that year and uh but it was it was definitely different. It yeah. was different, but it 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 the thing about back then is it changed the car a lot too. Like it was it was made the car it just made the car drive different. Like it, it sounds dumb because you'd think that, you know, any common sense would tell you, well, if you do everything exactly the same in the corner and can modulate the throttle to exactly that, like it should all be the same, mm -hmm. right? And then just the straightaways should be shorter, yeah. right? Like yeah. you'd think it worked that way, but it kind of didn't. Um, but those first few years at Roush, like we had our cars working really good in the corner, you know, whatever the balance was for aero chassis stuff, whatever, like we'd work so hard to achieve that perfect corner balance. And, you know, we, we knew we had to have it. And, um, you know, so that, that definitely made us better drivers too. I think it made us work harder on our cars, you know, as a yeah. team. Do you, um, remember, are you still a uh, big fan of the Packers? I imagine you are. I am. Yeah. yeah, I uh so as die hard as you used to be? Yeah, um maybe a little less. I'm still I'm still a big Packer fan. I I'd, I'd say since we had the girls, you know, we used to go to games all the time. Mm -hmm. And since we had the girls and obviously live down here and stuff, we don't really get to very many games anymore. Mm -hmm. Um But yeah, but yeah, I am. I really enjoy yeah. doing DraftKings with my friends and doing some of that, doing some different leagues and um doing fantasy football and all that. So it kind of gets you in all the players and teams. Yeah. You're you know? still doing that. Yeah. I like doing yeah. that still. Yeah. Who you do that with? What friends? Well, it's my dad and my son. <laughs> um, yeah. Not a lot. Little DraftKings one. Yeah. I'll, I'll join. I'll, I'll add you on there. Yeah. Can you afford 20 bucks a week? Yeah. Oh boy. That's, that's the price. You think you can do it? That's pricey, man. I know you can afford it, but will you spend bet, it as the question. I'm used to being in free leagues. That there's no yeah. money. Um, so Dale Jr. is the only guy that, that when I met him was as shy or more shy than me. And also the only guy that's way tighter than me. It's like one of the, 
tightest people I've ever met on Earth. <laughs> true. Oh, crap. oh my gosh. Truth. Oh true. my goodness. Yeah. Oh, well, that is true. Yeah. That's bullcrap. Yeah. Brokest rich that. guy I ever met. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. He's that guy you go to lunch with. Like ah man. man got where my wallet is. Man. I, I, I don't carry a wallet or no. money. Yeah. I always have to pick up that Taco Bell. I walk around uh, everywhere. Yeah. That keeps I've me been from there. spending money. I've I don't carry it around. Yeah. Hey, um, listen. This is my. He's th- changing the subject th- now. Th- yeah. No, no. I, I, I'll help <laughs> this out. Yeah. Don't. Don't. I'm gonna tell you something. The piddling in the races is a good idea, and you run about three or four a year. Yeah. And that feels. And you also give yourself some test dates to make sure uh-huh. that you can be competitive. Yeah. Doesn't that sound nice, Matt? I mean, listen. Yeah. Take yeah. it three or four because that's just enough. I think that you can run with them. Yeah. You don't feel like you're out to lunch in those things because if you did, you, if you felt because those guys are good in the car store, yeah. but. You don't feel like you're out to lunch on it because you get enough little test time and this stuff to make sure the car's good. That's perfect schedule. Yeah, I mean, here's the other thing. I mean, honestly, too, like you'd you run more if it was like it was 20 years ago, right? Like where there's all these guys that own cars. And like, hey, you want to come drive my car? Sure. Now it's like, you know, like I had one guy ask me to drive at Wilkesboro. You know what it is? He goes, yeah, Dale Jr. told me that uh, I should call you. He don't want to drive my car at Wilkesboro. He should call you. You can drive me late. I was like, yeah, I'll go up there and drive it for you. No problem. He's like, he's like, okay, well, we need to get 20 grand. I'm like, I'm not paying you $20,000 to go drive a race car. You yeah. nuts? Like I haven't paid to drive a race car since, Ever. since <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was paid for own yeah. stuff, me and dad. But as soon as somebody let me drive their cars, I'm like, man, I don't have to go to work and spend yeah. my money on tires and do all this. I'm, I'm doing this, you know? So I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. So. That has changed a lot. You know, there used to be a lot of even late model teams when I was younger, right? They just they're looking Call for you drivers. And come race. You know? Yeah, here, come race. We'll give you thirty percent of the purse or something if you want to drive it, or even if you drove it for free, whatever. But now it's just now it's just the whole thing has turned into a how much money will you pay me to come and drive your cars? It's yeah, just, but if that it's just so backwards. You if, know, it's if drivers it's not, hiring owners instead of owners hiring drivers. Okay, but what we're saying is that there's a situation that may not be that. Yeah. If, I mean, we're trying to okay. say, look, this is this is exactly what you need right here. It's, it's the, a, a, a no commitment, just race for fun, yeah. do it with your friend. Yeah, feel good. Go ahead and sign you up. I got some. I got. Yeah. I get you to a race. Yeah, drive a good car. Oh yeah, good car. It don't. It, I'll tell you this: the car doesn't win when I drive it, but every time Josh Berry drives it, it wins. <laughs> 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 so that's how you know it's good. It's a good car. <laughs> I just gave for you. can think about it. Man, people would love that, though. He'll do it. He would do yeah. it. He t- I talked to him at Darlington about it, and yeah. he said he'd come run a race. I said, man, I got yeah. a cars tour. I need you to come show up once. Yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah. It'd be so much fun. Pick, what you like the you like the preference about the asphalt you're going to race on? Bore out, slick, do? Oh, I don't care. Don't matter. God, he's going to race. As long as I have more dirt than everybody else, that's all I have. He's going to go race dirt in in a few months. Do you think he cares? Well, we are – we're gonna have to wrap this up. I've really enjoyed. <laughs> I've really enjoyed talking to you. I was gonna come on here and just try to answer everything in two words, just two word answers <laughs> the whole time, just for like an hour and a half, and just see how see if I could do it. And then I just thought, I was like, I don't know. You that'd might not tough. think that's that funny. That'd be yeah. oh, dude, that'd for be, a few that'd be minutes, very me for a few minutes. This it would be very. Yeah. That's one thing people don't don't know about Matt. They may know now, but didn't know in the first probably ten years of his Cup career is his sense of humor. Uh, it's legendary. Usually the, usually I'm the only one that thinks I'm funny. <laughs> that's the way I feel. Yeah. yeah, but I know that's not true. Yeah, I think you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, he means that's the way he feels about you. You are oh, the only one. You are the only one that thinks you're yeah, funny. I agree with you then. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Well, man, I appreciate you coming. Give yeah, us man. some time, bud. Anytime. And um, I do want you to race my late model stock car. All right. In the cars tour. I'll do it. It's gonna have to pay a lot. 
Uh, where's my Where's my <laughs> payment for the show? Up. Because you promised me a chicken sandwich and a sun drop. That's right. Well, you did? It. Yeah. I, I think so. I said, what's the show paid? And he goes, I'll give you a chicken sandwich. I've got your sun drop. Chicken sandwich and a sun drop. Hey. I've got a sun drop. <laughs> it's the same thing that Elkhart that, that Elk race paid. I knew I should have got it in uh, writing. Usually we have. No, that Elkhart Lake was going to be like a negative 150 or something. <laughs> Usually we have those delicious Bojangles sandwiches here, but they did not come today. Yeah. That was just seamless. I teed I, it up for you. I you know, just hit it out of the park. But I do have some delicious cold sun drop over in the refrigerator. That's true. You won't drink it because you're a health nut. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's 300 calories. I can't do that. Yeah, have to go and run a couple miles. Yeah. You're still running and biking like crazy, right? Uh, I try to once in a while. Don't you? Are you still doing any marathons, anything? Try, tr- so Ironmans? Yeah, no, no Ironmans. I don't want to swim. So I, um, I don't ride my bike as much as I used to just because it's just, as you know, living around here, it's just crazy, crazy. amount of building expansion. Yeah. And they, they like to build everything around here except for the roads. So they leave the roads the same as they were in 1960, but they put in thousands of houses. So riding uh, on the roads not great. So I like riding my mountain bike, and I've still been running. I run with Katie a few times a week. And um, Have you never crashed your mountain bike? Well, yeah, but that I've never been ran over by a car me. on my mountain bike. No, you haven't. Yeah, yeah. So the last big crash I had on my mountain bike is I was going to show Jamie McMurray wanted to get into mountain biking. So he's following me, and there's this big log coming up. I was like, all right, you got to pull your front tire over this log. And I kind of looked back. I looked forward, and it was right in front of me. I hit it, went flying, wrapped the bars. It was great. It was the funniest <laughs> thing ever. Um, so I want to run. So I've ran five out of the six world major marathons. I want to run Tokyo in, in March, and that would be the sixth out of the six. So then you get a six-star award, Next and it March. means nothing to anybody except for the person that runs mm-hmm. it. Um, but I think I'm going to go do that uh, if I can get in. When do you got to get start uh, getting ready? I usually do 16 weeks. So I'm going to try to run New York in November. So I'm going to start training for that pretty soon. And then New York Marathon, then run Tokyo in March, which is – they're about 16 weeks apart. So. Who will go with you to Tokyo? I don't know yet. That's a good question. Yeah. It's a long drive. It's a, it's a trip. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fly you there. I'm going to take the van. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I'd go, but I can't fly you there. You have to ride a commercial. Yeah, yeah. I've always you could use go, your boss's plane. I've di- I've always wanted to go back to Japan. Yeah, I never been there, so um, yeah, I don't know who's gonna go yet. Mm-hmm. I will promise you, if I go, I'm not gonna be on the same diet as you. Yeah. So I'll drink all the beer and eat all the bad foods. Yeah. That's why I need to stay after the marathon. Is that when the party happens? I don't know. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of eat what you want a couple days have before your and afterwards. Six, so. You'll have your six marathon award, and you'll yeah. be so excited. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it won't mean anything to anybody but yeah. me. Let's break out the celery, well, everybody. This is a party. <laughs> celery. <laughs> anyway. oh, well. All right, all right, we're going to turn you loose. All right, thanks. Thanks for coming today. A lot of fun catching up, and uh, I'll be in touch. We're going to race We're gonna race some races together. All right, sounds good. I'm looking all forward right. to it. Matt Kenseth on the Dell Jr. Download. Man, I'm really excited to have Ally help us bring the guest segment every week. It's one of my favorite parts of the download. We get to talk to so many different people in racing, outside of racing. But everybody that comes in here, I want them to have had a good time. I want them to want to come back. I want them to feel like an ally to Dirty Mo Media. Thank you, Ally, for your continued support of the download and the entire Dirty Mo Media team. Dirty Mo Media. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.